Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Super Serious Dog Podcast. Today, Courtney and I, Misha Bulitsky, are joined by none other than Blake Rodriguez. Welcome, Blake. Guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. Um, So why don't you go ahead, tell everybody, uh, our listeners, who you are, just in case they don't know. And they, by the way, you totally should know who he is. Absolutely follow them on Instagram and stuff if you don't. Um, so my name is Blake Rodriguez and, um, I own a dog training facility in New York city. It's a two floor facility. And, um, when it comes to dog training, I guess when people ask what type of trainer I am, or we are, my team and I, um, we're the butt trainers. So everyone has a great dog, but <laughs> the butts are mild. Some of the butts are severe, but, um, there's always a, but my dog is great, but, uh, he's not so good with cats. My dog is great, but. He's not so good with this. Um, we're here to fix the butts. So that's uh, that's pretty much what I do. That's Currently, awesome. I'm here in Florida, though. So we, we do a lot of uh, training everywhere. But we're kind of back and forth right now between New York and I was going to ask about that. What What are you doing in Florida? I know you were down there um, earlier this year, and you're back down there now. What's going on with that? I'm usually down here in like six to eight-week um, periods or timeframes. Um, and what I, something that I've always wanted to do is offer a little bit of a more unique, I don't want to say unique, but more intimate approach to dog training. Um, yeah. I love our facility. I love our team. If you follow us on Instagram, you know, um, dream, dream come true canine. Dream come true canine, letter K number nine, or team DCT canine, which is the team page. Um, my team is phenomenal. I wouldn't be where I am today without them. So that's, that's something that's super important to note. But um, <clears throat> as you start to expand and as you start to grow, your time gets caught up in a lot of other things and, and you learn how to be a businessman and you learn how to like work on this and you work on this and you, you get better at this and you have to focus on the team growth and all of these things. So um, in, in a way, sometimes it pulls away from, in, in my opinion, what I love to do, which is just love. I just love working with dogs and I get a lot of that, but what I'm doing in Florida is something a, a little bit unique where I'm taking one to two dogs at a time and they're living with me um, as if they were my dogs. So they live with my dogs. They live with my wife. They live with my daughter. And uh, it's just a full kind of you're immersed in it 24-7. You're not at a facility. You're with me. So it's a little bit more of a premium price, but um, worth it for some specific situations and cases. And the two dogs that I have here right now are actually from New York. So they drove... (laughs) Funny story. Um, <laughs> Quite actually, a boarding train, huh? You <laughs> can actually picture this. So normally, if the dogs were from New York, I would drive them. The last ones that we had, the last one that I had was from Alaska. So they, I met them at the airport, and that was that was all cool. But with COVID, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you get an Alaskan client? Social media, man. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. it's awesome. Wow, it's awesome. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um. The, the ones that I have now are from New York and normally my wife and my daughter would fly, but obviously COVID my daughter, she can't wear a mask. And you know, I probably fly with a mask. My wife would, it wouldn't be that big of a deal for us, but how old is she now? She's not even two yet. She's okay. uh, yeah. two months, 21 months. She'll be two in December. 
Um, so that can't be done. So they drove with us. So picture this. I have a, um, it's, it's a three row SUV. It's a Dodge Durango. But oh, I love those. I drove with my wife, my daughter in the car seat, my two dogs and the two boarding train dogs. So two crates and two how, dogs. How big are all the dogs? Um, they range from like 56 to maybe 30 pounds or okay. 40 pounds, 56 to 40. Okay. So and they, like, and they were fresh to board and train dogs. Like you did, you didn't, did you get any time to put training in before you left for the trip? So this time around that, that's actually, um, that probably made it a hell of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually worked with these two dogs in the past and we were just doing some stuff. So Aria is a dog that we did some really, really awesome stuff as a puppy. And the owner was very happy and was like, I just want to keep this going. I know you have that program over there. I want my dog. Just to do like, it. Yeah. It's an awesome dog. It's a great dog. They just want a little bit more. She gets a little bit hyper and a little too enthusiastic sometimes, but she's an awesome dog. Um, Wally is a great dog too. They've done a lot of stuff with us um, and actually did some stuff with Tyler, with Tyler Muto um, in Buffalo a while ago. So Wally has the fundamentals down. He's a good dog. They do struggle with some, like he gets very nervous and he has some aggression yeah. And, and sometimes with dogs and stuff too, but mostly people. Um, so he's, he's with us. They might want to start a family and they're like, Hey, listen, you have like this little girl that's running around. That's a wild child. You're always showing her on social media. Yeah. Like, cool with it. Cause obviously they're scared. If you're cool with it. Um, we'd love to have that dog in the program, but if you're not, because Wally has a bite record, with okay. but this is, this is what we do. So um, it, it's been great for Wally. Yeah. It's, it's, How do you, how do you juggle that and balance that? Cause I know you get a lot of clients with kids. I get a lot of clients with kids. Courtney probably gets a lot of clients with kids. Um, and there's always kind of concessions and excuses that get made. And like, you're literally taking dogs that have bitten other people and putting, you're not putting your daughter in harm's way, but she's around it. So like, how do you, how do you manage that and mitigate that and keep everybody safe? That's a great question. I think it's actually kind of interesting I spoke about this on my Instagram stories today a little bit mm. because sometimes you'll post some stuff and you'll, you'll always get critics. You always get online professionals and stuff that will say, Oh, well, I don't need this or I don't need to do that. Or I don't use a creator. I don't use this tool or whatever. Um, but a lot of what we're doing is really understanding how to use management to your advantage. Mm-hmm. You have, you have to, you're managing everything. Um, I have a belief that you're always managing your dog. You're always managing your child until they're out on their own. Um, but you have a choice basically to choose whether you want to manage a, a company that's running like a well-oiled machine or a company that's falling apart, but everything is management. So people tend to view the word management as bad. Like, I don't want to manage my dog. I just want them to make their own choices. I don't want to manage. No, you don't. <laughs> you do not want a dog that makes their own choices. True. No. Yeah. But I get what they mean. Like they don't want to be the one that's always telling them. It's like the more that you have the ability to control, the more that you have the ability to, um, I, I, I guess, determine what the outcome is, whether the dog chose it or not, the right. more you can actually put dogs in certain circumstances and, or situations and allow them to, to learn. Because the more that they're around it, that's how we kind of get away from old habits and start to build new ones. Right. But if you have control, it's a crapshoot. So you have to be able to manage it. So I, I think the, the, the short... Uh, version or, or question to this is I don't rush the process. Yeah. Dogs are with me for anywhere from six to eight weeks. Dogs are crated. They're out in short spurts. 
um, I try as much as possible to build a, um, a portfolio of positive experiences of like, when you're out, this is how you are. When we're playing, this is how we are. When we're not playing and you're, in, you're doing this. And if you had a good experience and you kick butt, great, boom, I put you away for a little bit. And when you come back out, it's a new thing. So I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they have a good session or they have a good hour and they think that's it. Oh, their dog is great. And that's where the operator errors come into play. So for me, I avoid all of that shit. Yeah, like, same. My daughter, I'm not messing up with my daughter. If I'm going to shower, Wally's not going to be out. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, things like that, you know? Yeah. I think that's really hard for some people to do when it comes to their own dogs, even though they would absolutely, everybody that I've ever spoken to will always prioritize their children over the dog period. No ifs, ands, or buts. I've never had anybody say otherwise. Right. Um, I, I never see posts on Facebook of people giving up their kids and trying to rehome their kids. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's, it's, uh, that emotional attachment is hard though, because they're like, well, but I want my dog to be a dog. I want them to have freedom. And it's like, I have to spend so much time t telling and explaining to them, like they lost those privileges and that's okay to revoke those privileges. And yes, you have to do the work to allow them the opportunity to get those privileges back. But like, it's not inherently bad that you had to revoke those. I kick my dogs off the couch all the time. And then I let them back up three months later because I want to cuddle with them and it's fine. Like, but it's, I think, I think that's the biggest component is that like the feels, man, feels. Yeah. People tend to get too caught up in um, the human side of things versus kind of really understanding things from the perspective of the dog and the value that that thing has to the dog that you want to do so bad. Like, you know, I, I really, I think of it almost like um, a lot of times when I'm telling owners to like work on certain things, it's not necessarily forever. Sometimes it is, but you'll have certain owners that will struggle mm -hmm. X amount of things like, Oh, you know, I really like, I want to do this board and train program, for example, but I don't know if I could be away from my dog that mm -hmm. long. Yeah. Imagine your son or your daughter got like accepted to Harvard and you're like, and, and, and heart is, forgive me, because I'm, I'm not a college. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. Somewhere in that area. You're close. That's <laughs> all I know. I don't know either. Let, let's assume. But the point that I want to make is wherever Harvard is, you don't <laughs> live where Harvard is. Right. right. So imagine as like a parent saying, yeah, like my son just got accepted to Harvard. But I think we're going to go with the community route, the, the, the CUNY school or the, the community school, because like it's super close to home. And I don't like I really enjoy making my son sandwiches and cutting off the crust. Like I don't I'm going to deprive my son the opportunity of mm -hmm. going to Harvard because I don't know if I could be away from them that mm -hmm. long. So if you guys have like a week program at Harvard, I think I could do it for four years. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's such a selfish choice. It borders on the same side as as saying I have a friend, actually, he was in my fraternity, um, really good friend of mine. And um, we used to really have a lot of fun. We used to go out, we used to party hard. And now he is um, a recovering alcoholic and, oh, and no. um, sober for a couple of other things. Listen, good. when I hung out with him, we had a blast. That's great. I had a lot of fun. But could you imagine? And I, I still like I'm in contact with him here and there. Obviously, we don't go out that much. We all have lives. We're adults and stuff. But could you imagine me saying or a, a therapist or, or a doctor saying, hey, listen, when you guys go to hang out, like just don't have any alcohol in the house. Um, 
and and just uh, avoid the club for now. And it's like, but what do you mean? Like Austin and I always have fun when we do this. Like we always drink. I can't do shots with him, but I have so much fun when we take shots. It just, it becomes a selfish thing. Yeah. So right. it's all these things. I know it's not in his best interest. He's kicking ass. He's sober, but I want to drink because of how I feel. It, it, and this is a lot of times of the choices or decisions that we're making, you know? Right. That's right. an interesting um, way to put it. I, I hadn't thought about that. I often struggle with people um, when we're in the lessons and like their kids are unmanaged and their puppy is unmanaged. And I'm trying to explain to them this concept of managing their puppy and looking at their children climbing on the counters and being like, oh, I got to put on a different hat for this uh, yeah. because we're dealing with a deeper issue in you, the person. Um, and And that's I mean, that's one of the aspects of being a dog trainer. Listen, that's a hard thing. And obviously I'm not telling the client right then and there, but for people that are watching, if you struggle to manage your child that speaks the same language as you, you're likely going to struggle to manage a dog that mm -hmm. speaks a different language. And that, that's just the reality. Like you can't <laughs> even control a human that is your own species. Like right. there's, we need to focus on other things. You need more structure in your life. You need more boundaries we got to figure some other shit out for sure. Yeah. You yeah. should probably go talk to like a therapist or a life coach or something. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. Did you just compare yourself and your board and train program to Harvard? 100%. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, like I mean, it's unique. You know, it's, um, yeah. I, 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 I like that you have such long board and trains, honestly. Like I don't like doing anything less than a month. Listen, I would do things longer if it was up to me, but the, this is this is where you, you have to um, you have to understand what your route and your path and your level of um, of uh, the dog is ready is versus the dog is good enough to now start right. the process with the owner. I don't need a dog to be perfect with me. Sure. I want to get the dog as close as I possibly can. But I just need the dog to be at a point where it's like, okay, now let's work with the human and let's show them, yes, we might be doing X, Y, and Z with this dog, but we started with A, B, and C, and I'm just going to start you with, with A, B, C, A, B, and Cs. That's it. That's all I want you to do. You know? But um, having time with the dog is um, it's a beautiful thing. The, the industry right now is so flooded with two-week boarding trains, and, and, and that's, like, that's probably what's, what's most popular, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And listen... I can tell you right now, I can do a lot of, a lot of really impressive stuff within two sure. weeks. It's not always fair to the dog and it's not always fair to judge every single dog to the same standard right. um, as like a, a dog that was able to get it in, in two weeks. It's just, it's too much pressure a lot of the times, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> do you think that your daughter will have an interest in, uh, in dogs whenever she grows up? Does she, does she express an interest now? So she, she loves um, doing stuff with me. I started very, um, very respectfully where I taught, I always teach adults. My introduction is very weird. So I actually, I, uh, I do, I give advice or consult the farmer's dog. I'm not sure if you've heard of that food before, um, mm -hmm. like a, a cooked kind of food, but the farmer, okay. they have like a, a new training book that they're coming out with training advice and tips and all this stuff. And That's I, cool. I so with them and they send me articles. Hey, what do you think about this? What were we changing? Yeah. Um, and I literally this morning or this afternoon was giving some advice and they had some stuff written that was good. And some, th some things that I was like, I mean, you might disagree with this, but I'm, I'm polar opposite when it comes to introducing kids to babies. 
I, I think the introduction starts in a very different way. So many humans are focused on like almost like here, lying. smell it, smell it's it. It's weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you don't need to do that. It's kind of insulting to the dog. I won't go down that rabbit hole, rabbit hole just yet. But um, I started with the dogs have to respect the space of this thing, which happens to be my child. You need to know that that scent with which, yes, you can smell it from all the way over there. Yeah, they don't need to be right in their butt to smell <laughs> it. <laughs> the dog, like I try to tell people, we have, um, what is it? It's like three to four million like nose receptors. Yeah. And some dogs are ranging between like 300 to 400 million nose receptors. The dog can smell your child. You don't need to like have the dog approach or you approach but so many people force things from the human side of things or what Nelson calls, what is he, uh, the human idiot primate. Yep. Yes, it's, yes. It's just, it's insulting to the dog. So I have this thing where it's like, hey, this scent, this thing, when I'm panicked, when I'm stressed, when the baby just pooped, the baby just fell and we're stressed and we just brought this baby home from the hospital and we're flustered and you see that, that scent, respect this boundary, respect this space. And once that's known, I teach a dog how to be closer and I hold that and I do all these things. So I started with all that. And then once Shay's old enough, I teach her how to be respectful of them. Mm -hmm. So it kind of works both ways. And once I can control this one and I can control this one, I allow them to do a little bit more and I allow them to get closer and do these things. So with that said, now it's the coolest thing since we've been here, Shay will wake up. Um, it's my daughter's name, Shay. And uh, I'll be like, hey, Shay, I got to let the dogs out. Do you want to come with me? Do you want to help me? And like, she'll be next to me. She'll hold my hand, we'll open the crate and I'll tell her and I'll have her do everything first. And then I'll tell the dog to do it right after. Right. So I'll be like, um, do you want to say Wally um, place? And she'll say, Wally place. <laughs> like, goes up with the Wally place. He'll go over there say, good. good. And she, <laughs> and like, they'll, they'll go over there and it's like, all right, we're going to walk over to the door. Cause we're going to go let them out. You ready? Go call them. Go say Aria here. She goes, Aria. So she's really starting to like it. I don't know if that's going to turn into a job or career, but I can pretty much guarantee you that she will have a, um, a very soft place in her heart for, for dogs and animals in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't expect you to predict like, do you think she's going to be a trainer? Like that's insane. Like that you're setting her up to fail possibly, you yeah. know, she's going to have a deep understanding of the right. relationship and stuff. I know my, with my mom being a groomer, like I helped her in her shop and like, you know, taking dogs out of the kennels to bathe them and blow dry them and stuff like that, which can inherently be a stressful situation. I actually got bit by my first dog in her shop. Cause I just reached in to pet it. Um, yeah. and when I did that, I was like, oh, mom, this dog bit me. I was like 10. And she was like, what did you do? And I was like, well, I tried to pet it. She's like, do you think it wanted to be pet? And I was like, oh, that's a learning experience. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and it made me respect that like dogs don't always want you to pet them. And that's something you have to keep in mind. Don't just assume because it's a cute dog. It wants your affection. Um, and I, through that working with her, I learned a lot just about the the relationship with with dogs especially in stressful situations and how you know to handle it calmly so that's awesome that your daughter's getting that experience yeah it's cool she's definitely a sponge like i i really assume that certain things would be more difficult but there's a lot of things that she's just are actually coming way more natural on my end and on her end and it's like she just she's learning it she's learning boundaries she's learning limitations we have this um we have a pool in our backyard in florida i've never mm -hmm. had a city in new york right i'm like a kid um, and we, we always, obviously she's not going out there by herself, 
but like she knows the ropes. She, like, she's not even two yet. And it's like, hey, don't go by the pool. You can walk around. You can do these things. And it's incredible how quickly they pick up on it. The amount of DMs that I get on Instagram from, oh my gosh, she's so respectful. How'd you teach her this? How'd you teach her that? It really, it just started from the beginning. Just Calm, consistent, clear yeah. behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also not being your, tell your kid not now or, or, or no. So many, so many parents don't want to ever see their child cry. And I get it. Like, I don't want to see my daughter cry. Like, that's not something I look forward to. But <laughs> sometimes what you want, you can't have. That is and true in life. That is yes. a good life lesson to learn. Same thing for dogs, you know. And I realize a lot of times when it comes to dogs that are out of control impulsively, people never tell their dogs no. Mm-hmm. Or, or they have a hard time saying no because they think no is only for bad shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm telling people, hey, listen, what I want you to work on, you're struggling with, I don't know, like, Pray drive out here and and the person at the door here. Forget about that. Let's have you start with impulsive related um, behaviors and movement in your house that you allow that you're cool with. And this behavior or these behaviors don't have to be bad or inappropriate things. It could be things that you don't mind that the dog's allowed to do, but you're just saying not now. If you can't interrupt your dog, mm-hmm. I don't want you to like jump off of me right now, or I don't want you to come on the couch right now, or I don't want you to follow me into the bathroom or into the kitchen the moment I grab my sandwich that is in a Ziploc bag that sounds like the same Ziploc bag that I can eat in. I can stop you from this. Why do I expect that I would be able to stop you for the the advanced stuff or the serious stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you fail, what's the worst thing that happens? Your dog gets on the couch. Or your dog gets on you and gives you kisses. Or your dog... Right. That lets you know a couple of things that are really important. Either you tried communicating something, don't do something, and your dog had no idea what you were asking. That's a communication error. So we have to focus on clear communication. That's a, it's exactly why I focused on um, putting that fundamental communication course out mm-hmm. for that, because a lot of people are lacking there. But if you had a dog that understood what you were asking of them and just chose not to prioritize your information, that's a relationship issue. And that falls under more status hierarchy where you fit within the pack, which people don't want to believe it. You guys know this already. That's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There has to be a clear leader. And if, <laughs> if it's not you, your dog will take the responsibility. They don't fucking want it, but they'll take it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the, the worst thing that I see with a lot of people is wordplay. People yep. just have like a negative association with certain words. Like yep. a leader is a bad thing. Like a leader equates to dictator. That's not. That's not which what is I mean so when funny. I say that. That's it's or, such a softer word than alpha to me. To me, alpha, I think of like alpha versus beta and like dude bros and like chauvinists. Everything though, like right. correction or punishment. Right. People think that punishment is abuse. They don't know what the definition of punishment is. People think that like correction. Oh, I don't want to correct my dog. Well. Why wouldn't you want to fix something that was wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. They have this. It's really, it's so fascinating to me. It's wordplay. It's all wordplay. Yeah. yeah. Do you so many people tell me their dogs are alphas and I'm like, your dog's an asshole is what it is. It's <laughs> not an alpha. That's not how an alpha acts. Alphas are calm and they barely have to raise a finger when they disagree with something. And, and then the others just know that like, oh shit. Okay. Don't do yeah. that. Um, that's an alpha. Not, not this other thing people made up. Yeah. It's, it's all this wordplay that people get um like they, they just think it's this bad stuff and it's it exists in so many aspects of dog and, and just um parenting as well parenting and dog training is actually 
pretty similar. Yeah. I, one of my favorite types of clients to train, I love engineers. I just love the way their brains work, but I love good parents. And to me, it's the most funny when somebody has really respectful, like well-trained, as you should say, kids, right? But like, well, um, well-rounded, polite, respectful, all that stuff, but their dog's a mess. And when I tell them like, dude, it, you need to do this, this, and this, and and their brains, it's just like my kid. And I'm like, yes, it's just like your kid. They just, they put their dog on this little pedestal and they treat it very differently. Or just the concept of treat your dog like a dog. Like, oh no. It's like, well, wouldn't you want to treat a human like a human? Right. It's not a bad thing to treat your dog like a dog. Or even yeah. the word pack. Oh, people get so really over pack. People, yeah, people. Oh, but no shit. Animals. Well, it's like, well, just so we don't get caught up in semantics. If we were talking about like fish, I would call it a fucking school. Yeah. If we were talking about birds, I would call it a flock. If we're talking right. about a, a business, I would call it a company. Humans, I would call it a family. What, call it what you want to call it. Let's just get down to what matters because this right. this right. stuff that we're getting tied up or caught up into doesn't matter. And it's not so much our clients. It's mostly like the internet yeah. and, you know, online critics and stuff, but man, it, it just boggles my mind sometimes. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things that you do for dogs? Like when you have um, Shay or like a newborn type sort of situation, like what are some of the boundaries that you set? Like, do you just not let the dog in their room and things like that? Or what do those boundaries look like? Paint a picture I'll, for us. I shoot for respectful behavior. Okay. Um, and respectful behavior, I, I really try to, if you think of space in general, we as humans, whether we realize it or not, are generally respectful of space when someone, or when we enter the space of someone who is higher up status wise than us. And a lot of times when I explain that people go, oh, well, why does it have to be a status thing or a boss or a leader? And I was like, well, let's just take a business or a company, for example. Sure. If you look at a, um, if, if, if you, let's say we were all uh, part of the, the same company and we went out for lunch, right? A happy hour, $5 margaritas, sweet deal, but we had a meeting right after lunch. So we think we're early for that meeting. And as we're walking, we're laughing and I can't believe Courtney did that. That was so great. We walk into the room where we think the meeting didn't start and we realize it did. Immediately, our demeanor would change. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, and because we're being respectful of the space that right. we walk into. If right. you guys invited me to your house or your apartment and I had to go to the bathroom, I would ask you a question I already know the answer to. I'm sorry, do you guys have a restroom that I can use? Knowing damn well that you do, and yeah. I'm not corner, but I'm respectful of your space. Yeah. I'm not just going to go even if I see that it's right there. It's the same thing for if I'm thirsty. So we're generally routinely respectful of space, but we never ask our dogs to be. We never have our dogs be respectful of our space. We never, um, uh, we allow them, we kind of shoot for comfort before respect and we let just dogs be. That's one of the things that I change with, well, what I did with my dogs and like newborns around my kid. And even when I bring her to the facility, it's be respectful around her. You're going to go play. You're going to have the zoomies. That's cool. That's not bad. Go outside. We'll do that over there. Right. Yeah. You don't do that here. You don't do this in this area. But people struggle. Well, I try to tell my dog, no, he doesn't listen. Well, yeah, but that goes back to the other fundamental issue. And you never ask of that behavior around you. You can't get it around you. Why would you get it around a kid? That's not you. Right. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. 
It is interesting. I, I like that you don't um, point to like, oh, well, I do these specific obedience tasks, right? Because I that's so, I am so, I struggle with that a little bit in the sense of like, yes, we need obedience, right? We need commands. We need a, a very clear system of communication, but I use it very much as a means to an end to teach the humans the concept of the higher level stuff. Like, yeah, there's that, which is great because like obedience can help human handlers become better communicators. If right. you can't do these things, then there's that. But then also there's just, can I, can I teach you something that will be helpful for you to, un- as the dog, understand what it is that I'm asking of you? So like, for example, I don't care whether my dogs are on place or not throughout the house most of the time because of where, where my dogs are. But if a dog was like bonkers USA and needed more help, <laughs> teaching a dog how to be like away from me, they might be away from me and get, get into trouble over there. Or they might be away from me and have the wrong mindset over here. So if I can use place to say, hey, don't be over here, but check it out. I see that you're struggling. I see that you're in limbo. You can do this. Then I'm going to use obedience for that. Right. I'm going to use obedience for this. And that's that's kind of how I try to look at it. Um, I think sometimes people are um, sometimes too militant in a way where it brings on more stress and it brings on more anxiety to the dog. They're like, oh, we're super structured, but they're, they're structured in, in, in the wrong way. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. It's, it's, it's like life skills, right? Like you don't, yes, you need to learn math and you need to know that one plus one is two, but at the same time, it's really, the point is that math is going to be, is going to permeate your life. You're going to have a mortgage. You're going to have to pay your taxes. You're going to have to calculate change. You're, you're, it's a fundamental part of life. And like one of my ultimate goals for any client is I want you to not ever need me. I want you to start thinking for yourself and problem solving and being curious about what your dog is doing and the impact that you have on your dog. Not does he listen when I say sit? Cause that's, that's fucking irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Like my dogs suck at sit sometimes. It's fine. Like it, it happens. Right. Yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah, I find that I use way more obedience for the humans right. than I do for myself. Like, I don't, I don't really do much of that. I just, my dogs need to know how to do a couple of things and that's, that's it. Yeah, that's- things to keep them safe. Like, don't run in the road. Come back when I call you. Like, don't be an asshole. Don't jump, right? But it's, that's, a, again, it's, it's back to, it's a means to an end. Yeah. It, it's, it's all about, um, yeah, getting everybody to live, coexist happily and respectfully of one another. And, and that's one thing that I always really appreciated about you and like the way that you present everything on social media is it's always, and, and your work with Consider the Dog um, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I love, I've always loved the name of that because it's it's about not, <laughs> like we talked about in our last episode, You I don't, it's not out yet, so you didn't hear it, but it's not about what the dog is to you. It's about what you are to the dog. What do you mean to that dog? It's true. It's, yeah. It's that's true. the important relationship. Nobody gives a shit what you think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that they focus so much on, on, I want the dog to, to quote unquote, love me. I can, I'm going to keep it straight for you right now. Probably 90% of the clients that come through our doors, our facility, or that I see in general, don't have a problem getting their dog to love them. Their dog loves the shit out of them. Right. Their dog listen to them. Right. And why is that? Mo- most of that is predicated on how you live with the dog that has indicated or determined 
or allow the dog to kind of look at things and go, you know what? I love you, but this is where you are within the company, the pack, the school, the flock. And this is where I am. And that's good to know because when push comes to shove, when we have to handle things or I know that it's my responsibility, you've made that clear. You don't even claim the space or the personal intimate space of yourself when we're home. So you're definitely not going to be responsible for that. I'll handle it. And now you have all these insecure, stressed, anxious dogs who are trying to step up to the plate, just being good dogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're doing their best. They are doing their best. I'll, handle it. I'll do this and all these things, but people don't see it. And a lot of it has everything to do with what you said. What do you mean to the dog? What do you represent to the dog? Because yeah, the dog loves you, but why does your dog not listen to you? That's your dog's not dumb. Nope. It's actually very intelligent, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's damn. that's why my company is named I Love Your Dog because I'm like whatever problems you're having, I love your dog. Your dog's amazing. It may, you know, be being a kind of a shit right now, but that's a problem with you and we'll fix that. But I love the dog. The dog's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys really yeah. quick. Um I just did it right there. I say um we <laughs> Have you been watching that lately? Have you been like calculating? No, to- I, I just know it. And sometimes when I edit, like I actually have a guy right now, Joss, who's great, who's um, helping with social media and doing some stuff. And uh, we work on, dude, you got to make me look good, man. You got to put out the honest. <laughs> but you guys are actually really good at it. I know you, the, the podcast is relatively new. Have you worked on that? Has it gotten better? Uh, like, I, t- talk to me about that. Dude. Like, I, I, I find it fascinating. You don't say, um, you don't really, you just, you guys are pretty good with it. Wow. I really appreciate Thanks. that. Yeah. That means a lot because there was a time in my life where um was like every other word I, I said. I say like more than I would like to. Um, and I, I see I say um uh, and I, I make that noise. Uh, uh, so like I have things that I'm insecure about also. It reminds me of Tina of Bob's Burgers. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the Barack Obama. Uh. Oh, that's that too. I like that one better. Yeah. Classy. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I think it goes in phases. There have definitely been times where I think it's a confidence thing. I, we probably said, um, a lot more at the beginning of the podcast, but also, um, it's, it's a practice, right? Yeah. You just, <laughs> of course, now I'm like hearing every yeah, single, every one, single one, every single one, <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it's a, it's a little bit of a practice. And, and on top of that, like, it's, it's easy when you're, you're enjoying the conversation that you're having and, um, it, it, it can, it pops up all the time. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I know at, um, the last company that I can't stop noticing them now. I feel like I'm doing more now. Yeah. The company that Misha and I worked at, they focused a lot on training and sales and getting better at your talking and your presentation of yourself yeah. and stuff like that. And I know at one point we played a game that I didn't think was very fun <laughs> where someone held a clicker and clicked every time you said, um, in your spiels. Cause we had it spiels was so that we said. Nerve wracking. Uh, it was the most, like, I hated the click in that moment. I hated it so, so much. I'm going to be that guy. Cause I know there's some viewers that are like, what is the company? Are we not allowed to talk about that? How does that <laughs> Elephant is in the room. Well, because you, because you asked, I, I, we do it out of, out of respect because honestly, like sometimes I say not nice shit and sometimes I say really nice shit and it's one of those things, but it's, it's a big uh, box company. It's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, fra- it's an e-collar franchise. I'll tell you off camera. I, I, I think I know the answer. I just want to bust yeah. it up a little bit yeah. and yeah. kind, of, kind of be on the, the listeners kind of side. Yeah. 
I, I genuinely, uh, generally, I talk about it very openly, but because it's a recorded space and it's going to be on the internet forever, the internet I'd rather, forever, I'd rather be respectful. I'd rather yeah. put forth that. I'll swear like a motherfucker, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's time for this episode. Blake, thank you so much for being on the show. We super appreciate it. If you guys, if our listeners, you guys want to... Um, keep on this conversation you're really enjoying it definitely go check out our patreon super serious dog podcasts patreon.com slash super serious dog podcast um and blake has a super awesome new program called uh the fundamental communication course do you want to tell everybody about that yeah definitely uh so i found that a lot of people were coming to myself or my team and i with behavioral issues when the reality is that the behavioral issues were more symptoms of what the real problem was. Yeah. And it's hard because on TV and everywhere else and, and the way the industry is shaped is you can work with us for an hour. We're going to solve your problem. We're going to fix it. I found that jumping into the problem head on, on average with pet dogs that are not super breeds, they're, they're not these super Belgian Malinois that can take this type of pressure and do these they, they weren't ready for any type of challenge, any type of pressure, any type of conflict, even if from our perspective, it wasn't a big deal. And what I did see is when these dogs were in a better place fundamentally, a lot of these challenges were just easy breezy to work through. So I started looking at what is it that every single dog needs, regardless of whether it's a puppy, uh, an aggressive dog, an anxious dog, a dog that pulls on leash, a dog that sucks off leash, yada, 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 a dog that needs to be socialized more. What do we need consistently with every single one of these dogs that will put us in a place where by the time that we have a session, we can hit the ground running. Okay. And that's basically what this fundamental communication course uh, provides. It's, it's the fundamentals, the, the, the framework that allows us to build. And from there, depending on where you are in your journey, you can see it from a very simplistic standpoint where it's like, oh, it teaches sit down, place and, all, and recall and all of these things. But the fundamental principles behind how you go about teaching those things, if, you, if you're aware, can help you with a lot of advanced behavior problems. So that's why I put the course out. It's on Consider the Dog, considerthedog.com. And uh, right now there's actually a sale. I think, I, so it's not my website. I think right now it might be, 30% off or something like that. And the course is normally like $200. It was on do sale. You, like 99. Do you know if it's going to be on sale, like through the end of November? Cause this is going to air like mid November. Um, I don't, but right now it was originally 200. So it's on sale for less than 99.99. At worst, it might go, it might go to 99.99, which okay. is still a 100% of steal. If you do a virtual session with me, a virtual online session, you actually get a coupon code that gets it for like $20. So nice. people, people get to win. I, I try to look out for everybody. Uh, nice. That's one of the cool things that we've done in COVID. With, with COVID, we started doing yeah. And what we switched to our very first virtual session that I, um, or our very first session that I have with you is virtual. I set you up with what you need to know, where we need to start, where I would like you and your dog to be before we have our first in-person session. And we've actually kept that. I think yeah. it's, it's been super helpful. That's cool. Jay Jack does the, he, he doesn't have a video, but he has like the whole, like, here's a sheet of things. And like most of his clients go, you, this fixed my problem. I'm good. And he didn't even ever have to see it. So I, 
But yeah, I, I like that. That's awesome. So go to considerthedog.com. And then what do they do when they get there? Just search for um, Fundamental Communication Course? You can search for Blake, okay. Blake Rodriguez. Uh, and I believe it's, it's called the, the Three-Step Fundamental Communication Course. Cool. If you, you'll, you'll see it. it it's yeah. on the screen. And uh, it's, it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. Yeah. This, these are the fundamentals that we kind of make sure we have before we move on. Yeah. To- Shit, I'm sold, but I'm yeah, sold. I'm like, I, I, I kind of want to take this course <laughs> and then send some of my clients to it because, you know, having to work through some of that fundamental stuff is not not a waste of my time. It's never a waste of my time, but mm-hmm. it's it's fundamentals and it takes, it takes time and it's slow moving and, and we're not addressing the actual problem. And I know that's frustrating to people and it's like, hi, we'll get there. I swear. But right now you can't like, like we talked about your dog does not understand what it means when you say no. So we have big problems. If you think of it like a, like a triathlon, people are coming to us and saying, Hey, listen, I want my, my dog or my person or my friend to finish this triathlon. Right. And you go, okay, boom. They, and they know you're a triathlon trainer. You're one of the best, right? Like each, each one of us, like this is what we do. We are tri- we train you to be ready for the triathlon. But the dogs or the clients that they are bringing to us, when we see them, shit, they know how to ride a bike, but not without training wheels. Right. They know how to swim, but it's only a doggy paddle. And they know how to jog, but they need to be able to jog 20 plus miles or whatever it is, 12 plus miles. I, I don't even know, but they just went for a jog and like jogging a mile, like destroyed them. They're not ready for what we need to do. It's not saying I can't get you ready, but we need to get you to a better place fundamentally before we can give you the condition for what you need. Yeah. And that's a lot of what behavioral issues are. Like I, I, I want to as much, trust me, n- no one else wants to be able to dive right into this more than I do when I'm working with my clients, but either you're not ready or the dog is showing me, the dog is telling me they're not ready. It's not fair to them. They're not ready to do this yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to consider the dog. I know that's, that's, Oh, cheating. that's perfect. <laughs> this is a super serious thing here. That was great. It was wonderful. All right. We're wrapping it up. If you want to yep. hear more of this, it's on Patreon. Go check it out. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dance. You don't have to.